You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Hey, everybody. Jackie Lewis here. Welcome to this second season of Love, Period. This season, we're focusing our conversations on my new book, Fierce Love, a bold path to ferocious courage and rule-breaking kindness that can heal the world. Each of my friends will be helping me to think about the themes in each chapter, nine practical practices that can help us love ourselves, love our posse, and then love the world into healing. It all starts with you, and we're going to give you practical tips to make these practices a part of your life. Today's show is inspired by the second chapter in my book, Fierce Love. The title is Speak Truthfully, It Will Set You Free. I'll be joined in today's conversation by my friend Michael Ray Matthews, who is Deputy Director and Chief Faith Officer of Faith in Action, a national community organizing group that is making a more just society. But when we're not at work, I call Michael Ray Forge because he is my friend in the Auburn Senior Fellows Group. And Michael Ray actually does create tools and tactics for the movement. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Michael Ray Matthews. Hi, it's Forge. Good to see. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> hey, Storm. Hey. I think so we don't confuse people, we should tell people a little bit about Forge and Storm. Can you do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, our dear brother, uh, Otis Moss III, also known as Bishop uh, from the Marvel Comic Universe, uh, took time to name many of us in the Auburn Senior Fellows cohort. Um, and he gave you uh, the very appropriate name of Storm because you're <laughs> always... Always stirring things up, changing the weather in every place you inhabit. Um, and he called me uh, Forge, which I didn't like when I first uh, heard it. Because I was like, who is that? Nobody knows who that is. Uh, but Forge is a member um, of the of the X-Men universe who is the intuitive uh, creator of all the tools and technology uh, that the X-Men other Marvel characters need. He's the one who's often behind the scenes, but um, is a, of a is a sage warrior, if you will. Um, and uh, one thing we know about the, those two characters is that at one time, Forge and Storm were lovers. <gasps> the Ooh. fierce love of it all. <laughs> the fierce love. Of it all. <laughs> I love that part. Are you? How do you feel about your name now? It seems to me it suits you. It does suit me. Um, I, I hate admitting that Otis was right, um, but it does it does suit me. There are many things about uh, who I am as a rather uh, introverted and intuitive person and as someone who's a systems thinker and is always trying to organize and bring things together and support the team. Um, I'm always trying to forge paths for myself um, and for others. So I've, I've come to embrace that identity um, fiercely. Yes, you have. You yeah. forge new ideas. You forge relationships. Uh, you forge alliances uh, with and help other people forge them too, Michael Ray, across difference in your organizing work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what's love got to do with organizing? Oh, man, it's the heart. <laughs> it is the heart. You know, we we teach a model of organizing in Faith in Action, formerly PICO, that like many of the organizing uh, traditions that come out of that that world from the from the late 60s, you know, is rooted in uh, understanding of power, mm-hmm, an understanding mm-hmm. of, uh, but also an understanding of, uh, understanding of, of self-interest, so power mm-hmm. and self-interest, um, of being able to move um, decision makers. But at the heart of it, at the heart of it is this notion that power and agency are within us mm-hmm. and that there's something about what happens when we tap into that power, we tap into that story, and yeah. we share that with other people who are also tapping into their own power and agency mm-hmm. and call and story. And at the end of the day, what we're really talking about is is love. Mm. At the end of the day, the power of relationships is love. And probably the most provocative and most spiritual question that's been asked in that tradition is, who do you love? Mm. Oh, um, yeah. And it's a question that you have to come back to over and over again in this work. And you have to ask about love of oneself. You Mm -hmm. have to ask about love of the other. And you have to ask about what's love got to do with the whole world. What's it got to do with the whole world? Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about um, the self-love piece, Mm. you know, um, as I wrote this book, all the world's major religions, as you and I both would say, have something in it about love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Our Jewish friends love the stranger, right? Because it's mm-hmm. so many times in the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. Don't withhold from someone what you would need for yourself, I think is the way the Quran places it. Yes. One yes. tradition says, don't, don't hurt anyone's heart. Mm. Oh, I love that. Don't mm-hmm. hurt anyone's heart. Mm. So, at the source of organizing is love. How is self-love different than self-interest? Is it the same? Do they relate to each other? Yeah, it's a really important question because I know that the notion of self-interest is one that you know taps into some of our own notions about the difference between selflessness and mm-hmm. selfishness. Right. Yep. And self-interest is not about being selfless in a way that you're thinking about everyone else but not really loving yourself. And I often I often have said like you can't really love your neighbor as yourself if the self if the self that you love is false. So right. what does it mean to not be selfless, but to not be selfish. And self-interest, like I think the uh, the root word of interest, it really has to do with how are we seeing what matters between us? Mm-hmm. That's so it's good. not just like what matters to me or o- only what matters to me or only what matters to you, but what what matters to us? So at the end of the day, self-interest is about trying to discover what is it that we love about ourselves? Yes. What is it that we want to love about ourselves? Mm-hmm. What is it that we love and want to love about the other? Yeah. And what is it that we love and want to love about the world that we inhabit together? That and is how so are good. we living into that mm-hmm. that shared interest? Yep. How are we living into 
that shared understanding that of our connectedness to one another and our connectedness to the world around us. Oh, that's so beautifully said. It's Ubuntu, right, love? It's that's right. It's it's that's Ubuntu. Right. I I think I finally can produce the sounds <laughs> of that <laughs> of the Zulu expression. I mean, I've been really working on it. It's Numuntu, Ngubuntu, Ngabantu. I think. Mm. An Ubuntu, mm-hmm. Ingamuntu, Ingabantu. A person yeah. is a person through other persons. A human yes. isn't even a human unless you're in relationship. That's right. right? There's no right. there's no plural word. And and that means when forge is hungry, storms stomach growls. Yes, right. <laughs> right. That's right. And and, and our shared and when storm stomach growls. Well look out. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> The weather is changing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to make it rain so we can grow some carrots or something. I don't know. But right, this creation, I think you're saying, Michael, way so beautifully of a shared um, interest base. Like, mm-hmm. what do we as a community want and how can we manifest it together? So it's right. it's your self-interest, my self-interest, and the community's interest all right. sort of rolled up into one space, right? Yes, right. It's so beautiful to think about. And you can't do that, I think, right? If you can't be honest about what you need. I think you're saying that too. You've got to sort of yes. authentically know who you are and what That's matters. Right. That's right. It's interesting you said you have to know what you need. I think a lot of us might think we know what we need, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. many of us don't know what we need because we've not really examined our stories and examined who we are and really mm-hmm. got to the heart of what it is that we most need, most long for the places where we need where we need healing um, right. and, and renewal in our lives, indeed. That's right. And, and there's this kind of, I mean, I think this happens in lots of places, but I'll critique Christianity since I am one. I feel that there's this kind of patina or false self or persona. For me, I would have called it a mask, microwave, of just, mm-hmm. you, you know, something happens in your life, something happens in your childhood, something happens in your world, and your response is to cover it over. Yes. And 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 you, and right away is a disconnection from your real you and the putting out of the fake you, the false you. Yes. And and if you're moving from that place, even what you're saying you need could be a lie. Yes. Yes. You can't right? love your neighbor as yourself if the self that you love is false. Like right. you've not explored who the true self is. You having a little relationship with somebody who doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay, that could be feel a little strong, listeners, but really. Yeah. Talk about insidious. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, I have certainly had some things happen to me in my story mm-hmm. um, that probably at one time I just thought, I'm not going to dive into those pieces of my story and just keep it moving, but have really come to realize that knowing the what, the why, the how, the so what, like you and I would do a good exegesis, right? Right, right. <laughs> of my story is really, though sometimes scary, fact, also yes. very liberating. Yes. To tell the truth on yourself to yourself. Yes. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, I, I feel like in my, in the past, you know, seven or eight years, 
I've had to come to grips with what it means to uh, tell the truth about one story, you know, mm -hmm. one story and the story of one's people. Mm -hmm. uh, this season of, up, of upheaval mm -hmm. um, and reckoning in our, in our society, in our world, you know, since the death of Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, mm -hmm. Eric Gardner, Elijah McCain, George mm -hmm. Floyd, right? Mm -hmm. That has been a space where I've had to examine uh, pieces of my own story, the story of my family, like learning that on both sides of my family, very traumatic experiences in the lives of great uncles, um, mm -hmm. you know, at the hands of, of white people in the South really um, started our migration out of Georgia to Ohio in the Midwest and out of Louisiana on my father's side to Texas and California. Um, you know, in those years, in the past uh, seven or eight years, I lost my brother to mm -hmm. suicide, uh, mm -hmm. Myron Matthews, yeah. my baby brother, 10 years I'm younger so than me. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and so much, uh, so much shame connected to the reality of suicide. Mm -hmm. um, so much for me to explore about what was going on with him, about how race and racism uh, shaped shaped his life. Um, and it's, it's caused me and, and invited me to look at my own life mm -hmm. and come to terms with the reality of um, abuse in my mm -hmm. childhood mm -hmm. and how that has shaped my personality and my self-understanding, my idea of who I am as a man. It's allowed for me to, you know, um, be to queer myself about mm -hmm. what it what it means to be Michael Ray Matthews, what it means to be to be Forge. Um, and I think learning how to tell the truth to myself about my family, about mm -hmm. the people mm -hmm. I love, but most importantly about myself has given me a kind of a kind of freedom, but a kind of a vision, clarity, a capacity to, to see myself and to, and to name some things that I couldn't name before, N name them in, in much deeper ways that I can preach about what it means for us to build beloved community together in a way that is not ethereal, but it's actually rooted and grounded in my own struggle to understand myself, my own struggle to love myself fiercely, my own struggle to love my kindred and to love my neighbor um, and to love my family and my community mm -hmm. um, and to love others in the world, including those who at times appear to be my enemy, my opponent. Well, that's just a whole word as our young friends would say, right? <laughs> Is there life after doom? Explore the complexity of hope and grief at our upcoming event, Courage and Resilience an online gathering with Brian McLaren. Unpack themes from Brian McLaren's new book, Life After Doom. Discover how to find courage, even when everything may feel hopeless. Join us live on May 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. All those who register will have access to the recorded replay for one year. Register at cac.org courage. 
walk away, I, I, I'm, I was reading this book out loud you know, a little while ago, making this audio book, and I was like, what in the hell? Stormy chick, were you thinking about telling all those stories in this book? <laughs> like, oh my God. But, and I just remember when I, you know, I remember when I was writing, sitting in my backyard, and this is like a book, nine years in the making and then nine mm-hmm. months in the writing. Wow. I think you know, it's been a long time I've been cooking this ideas, wow. but I just was so ready. I, I don't even know if that's the right word. Almost insistent, almost uh, strident mm. to, to mm. write the truth as opposed to the not truth. Now, there is a story I tell in the book that I'm, I tell as gently as I possibly can about a, a childhood abuse situation. But mm-hmm. I, if I, I thought if I don't write it, though, like if I leave that out, I'm yes. leaving out formative stuff of my yes. psyche, my soul, yes. my yes. life. And and I and I as I was writing it, I was thinking the truth of this is though I was, you know, a child almost every day that yeah. story has informed something in my behavior. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you do you relate to that? Very much so. And I think that um, being able to being able to reckon with that story is first medicine to oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're ever if you ever get to a place where you can dare to share that with others, it can also be medicine for for others. Yes. And that's what I that's what I felt as I began to engage uh, your book, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, this deep sense that you were offering medicine to me mm-hmm. um, and helping me understand uh, how important it is that I embrace and love myself and love myself not in spite of my story. But love myself because of my story. Right. Um, That's right. To to take that experience um, seriously, to honor it, um, and to cherish it. I I know that I show up in the world, you know, as as an intuitive person, as someone who's sometimes a bit inscrutable because I'm I'm quiet, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> inside right. that I'm that I'm processing. The fact that I'm able to to show up and be intuitively present um, with others is deeply rooted in what I survived um, yes. as a child. The yeah. way in which I had to learn how to be quiet but also watchful. Mm. Um, you know, mm. the ways in which I had to learn how to take care and try to protect people like my sister um, and my brother or my friends. Um, the ways in which I found myself being a sort of, you know, an adult before I was even an adult, mm-hmm. um, you know, that yeah. was very traumatic. But I learned I learned a lot of skills that helped me help others. Um, and so examining my story and I've been through now, but uh, it's my fourth therapist, really. <laughs> my fourth, I'm on my fourth <laughs> therapist now. Uh, I guess I've had one for each decade. I had one go. in my 20s, 30s. Now I got one in my 50s. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the first therapist who's either my age or younger. 
Um, and I don't think I want to know exactly, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it's meant that it's meant that it's, it's allowed for me to, um, give that gift to other people too, to, to mm-hmm. tell, the, to tell the truth of my own story. It, it frees, it frees other people. Like I've, I've shared the, the experience of being a survivor of sexual abuse with other black men and mm-hmm. it's created the path for them to say, you know, that's a part of my story too. Yep. Um, yeah. And and I I now I'm trying to figure out what it means for me to um, be a better father, um, to be a better partner, um, to be a better leader, and to recognize the ways in which this traumatic experience impacts um, how I how I show up in the world and how I lead in the world. And there might be there might be ways in which examining this helps me um, address things that will make me a better leader. Yeah. No, I think that's so right, love. I mean, I and I, I do really, I do um, cherish. I think I want to say in our friendship, and in our collegiality, and in the shared work in the world, the Michael Rayness that is uniquely you, uh, that is that is uh, so thoughtful and so rich and deep and paying attention. Uh, that when I was having a hard moment the other day and I called you, I was like, I know Michael Ray will just be with this with me. Yes. So that's yes. it is such a gift that happens. And uh, as I was writing, um, I was thinking about lots of places, counseling sessions or uh, classes I've taught where I walk people through this. You know, let's let's talk about your story as a book. Right. What chapter mm-hmm. are you in now? What's the end that you want? Just a a kind of ritual way to pick up our stories, look at our stories, not be afraid of our stories, own our stories. <clears throat> you said something that I didn't know if you wanted me to bring to pay it, to turn the light on, let me say. But I want to just see if if you if you do, but you mm-hmm. said <clears throat> my experiences have have queered me, I think you said. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to talk about that? You don't yeah, have a to. Bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I talk about it. Just say, bit. just say yeah. a little bit more. Just a little bit. I'll say a little bit about being queer too, if you will. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I think there's just a lot about. There's a lot about you know. So there's a lot about um, what it means to grow up um, in the world as a black as a black boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a black man, that's rooted in working really hard to prove that you are a man, to prove yes. that you are mm-hmm. masculine, to prove that you are strong. Mm-hmm. And I am someone who was one of those sensitive souls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, I wondered whether or not the abuse that I experienced sort of formed me in that way, mm-hmm. made me, you know, what some might call weak or mm-hmm. sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that's, I think that's in, in, I think that's sort of who I am. Like, yep. I think I am a sensitive person. Um, and, and this, and this happened to me. And right. in, in fact, maybe because I'm a sensitive person, right. um, I hear I, somebody, somebody could see that in mm-hmm. me and took advantage of that. And I've come to understand that that's a powerful part of who I am. I've had to queer myself to understand that a part of what makes me strong is my sensitivity. Um, if you call it effeminate, sure, that's great. Isn't that lovely? Right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know? Right? Um, I love that. So, 
you know, there are ways in which I, ways in which I've, you know, I learned how to walk. You know, I, I grew up in Compton, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and one way that I survived, um, in the, in the eighties was to, first of all, try to be as quiet as possible, uh, to never wear red or blue, mm-hmm. um, and to wear earth tones, um, <laughs> and right. to find a way of walking that didn't make me look like a girl. Um, wow. And to find a way of walking that made me look cool, mm-hmm. but not so cool that I thought I wanted to fight somebody about it. Right. So like I'm trying to I'm trying to be as invisible as possible. Yeah. So I don't want to stand out as somebody who seems a little bit effeminate. So I've got to got to be a little duty about the way I show up. Mm-hmm. In the world, and I have my own little my own little stroll <laughs> and strut, <laughs> you know, walking down the hallways, but not too much because you know I'm, I'm not trying to say like I'm willing to defend, you know, this dude that's trying to show, but just enough that I would just kind of like ease into the backdrop of things, and for the most part, that worked. Um, I've shared that walk with other people now, <laughs> and <laughs> people have said. It looks like a slow motion George Jefferson. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't walk fast enough for people to be like, who is this fool walking around looking like George Jefferson? Oh my God. <laughs> but it was a survival technique. It was yeah. a way in which I had to figure out how do I blend in yeah. in this world where it seems like who I am doesn't conform to this notion of what it means to be a man. Um, and I've come to just love a lot of things about myself that are soft, uh, things that are gentle, um, you know, things that are, um, um, mothering, um, Mm -hmm. and encouraging, like, I'm good. Like, you're good. I'm good. You are good. We we good. We good. We good. Yeah. I am so interested in that, uh, and thank you for thank you for coming to that space with me. I, I would never want to push you there. Yeah, I think I have such a I have such a parallel story about that in a way, mm. um, having you know survived childhood sexual abuse as well. And I write in the book about how, and I had never put this together, Michael Ray, that I I I didn't I didn't get my period. Till mm-hmm. after my two-year younger sister got her period, till almost like a year after she got her period. Oh my goodness! I I was like I didn't, and, and then when I got it, I had it for like a month. Wow! And I didn't get breasts. Sorry, people, until I was thirty-four or something. I'm not kidding. Wow. And you know I have some now, but I didn't have them. Then. <laughs> and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have have sex until two weeks before my marriage when I was twenty two. Mm. Wow. And I've, I've told that story, and some Christian women be like, "Of course you didn't." I'm like, "Come on, people, get get serious with me right now. <laughs> Let me try, try to tell you what I'm trying to tell you." That I was really repressed. My body was repressed. My body. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. produce sexy looking body. Yeah. It it just wouldn't, right? It just wouldn't. It was it just was stuck 
And, yeah. and, and what the word would be like, my energy around my sexuality was, was cafected in the abuse and the, wow. and the, and the don't be sexy and the wow. don't walk sexy right? yeah. and the don't look sexy and the, and kiss the boyfriend in the car and freak all the way out because he was aroused and just like, yeah. it, it, I was stuck, love, right there wow. for wow. so long. Wow. And the person who abused me, um, when talking to some other relatives about it, this came back to me, said, I only, I only did that because she was flat-chested, and I thought maybe, please forgive me, sisters and brothers, for saying this, I thought maybe she was going to be a lesbian. So I thought I would, I, oh, my God. Mm. My so goodness, I, th- I, so I thought I would, I thought I would, like, into that scene and, you know, help that not happen. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. That's so, intense. Oh, my God. I didn't write that part in the book. But <laughs> I'm saying to you, as I have both womaned up and, you know, mm-hmm. rounded out and got some breasts, you know, <laughs> and, and, and they're quite... <laughs> Perky and whatever of things, <laughs> and even my queer friends are like, "Girl, you got the best rack," you know, whatever. Uh, just the kind of way I know you know that I'm being playful, but to say seriously, the way I've had to learn to own my, 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 you know, my beauty or my sexuality yes. or my sensuality yes. or the power in that, and also then to. Because I was able to own all of the me, I also say my my life has queered me, Michael Ray. I mean, yes. I'm straight, yes. but I'm pretty queer, you know. Yeah, and absolutely, I yeah. love it about myself yeah. that I that I love the 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 part of me nurtured by my dad. That's you know, like I can fix you know, I can fix a car, I can build stuff. I got and those are gender stereotypes, but you know what I mean. You yes, you absolutely. were trying to dude up, and I was trying to woman up. And then in the space of getting womaned up, I own the dudeness of me too. Yes, and does loved this it. resonate? And I love that. And I loved love it. that. Loved it fiercely. Yes, indeed. Or as, I found, or as Baby Sucks Holy would say, loved it hard. Loved it right? hard. Right. Loved it hard. You find yes. all of that in yourself, the God in yourself, the, yes. the softness in yourself, the badassness yeah. in yourself, the yes. I will kick your assness of yourself, yes. all yeah. of that, and love it. Yeah. And, then, and that's yeah. like the most amazing place to get to. Yeah. You know, um, not too long ago, someone said to me, you know, Michael Ray, I wish you had more balls. Mm-mm. And when they said it, I heard all the times I was called, you know, oh. I was called a woman's private part. Oh. I was called the P word, right? Oh. So when someone says, I wish you had balls, I'm hearing you are the P word. Oh, no. And oh, no. it didn't take very long after this person said that for me to go, no, I'm, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm actually, no, you're saying, I, you're saying I'm that? Uh, those parts are pretty strong. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm good. That's what you're calling me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to love that heart, too. I'm going to love that heart, too. Because that somehow seems to be a part of my superpower, part yes. of how I show up in the world. Come through, to Forge. be this person <laughs> yeah. who loves himself fiercely and who loves others fiercely. And 
knows that that's the truth. And the truth will set us free. Indeed. Michael Ray, what do you know for sure about love? That love grows. Um, That love must be nurtured um, and watered. That love will blossom and bring forth fruit in your life. That love will sometimes feel like winter, uh, but deep, 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 deep down inside, deep, deep, deep in the earth, love is still doing its thing. Mm. And so when you learn to just love and to grow love and trust in love, mm-hmm. it'll set you free. Oh, that's so beautiful. And when you hear the words fierce love, what, what's that? What comes up for you? Oh, I see, I see pink and fuchsia. Um, I see Jackie snapping her fingers. So <laughs> 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 that's fierce. <laughs> that's fierce. <laughs> it's revolutionary. Yeah. It's bold. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. <laughs> um, whoever's listening, uh, Danae, your son, your mama, and them, you. Mm-hmm. I love me some Michael Ray. <laughs> hey, y'all. Y'all see my sister Jackie. It's my sister Storm. They all know about you. They all know about you and how important you are to me, Storm. You are such a gift to the universe, Michael Ray. Thank you. Blessings and peace. You too. Thank you so much for coming to this conversation. I wanted to leave you with a few thoughts about speaking truthfully. First, it can feel like a safe place to be, to hide to put on your mask, to keep what is private, precious, painful out of you. But actually, it takes a lot of energy to hide, to create a persona. So step into the liberation of candor by starting with being honest with yourself. Tell the truth to yourself and see how light you feel. Secondly, truth begets truth. If you are honest in your relationships, if you are honest with your posse, if you are honest with your interactions in the world, I think people will rise to the occasion and meet you right there at truth. That's why our holy texts say, the truth will set you free.